Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, and I'm your host, Rena Sherbel. Our top stories today. Crypto soar after accidental release. White House shale industry point fingers. And Netflix won't say never to ads. Leading today's news. Whoops. Currencies across the cryptoverse took off overnight after the inadvertent publishing of remarks from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. In a statement that was posted to the Treasury's website, which has since been deleted, Yellen voiced a balanced approach to the development of the crypto sector, as well as a constructive stance on regulating the industry. The declaration, set to be republished later today, traders have already made a quick buck, though, off the accidental release. An excerpt from the statement says a presidential executive order on cryptocurrencies would support responsible innovation as it coordinates U.S. policy across agencies. Under the executive order, Treasury will partner with interagency colleagues to produce a report on the future of money and payment systems. As we take on this important work, we'll be guided by consumer and investor protection groups, market participants and other leading experts. Treasury will work to promote a fairer, more inclusive, and more efficient financial system while building on our ongoing work to counter illicit finance and prevent risk to financial stability and national security. Some work to form the government's crypto policy has already been done, like last year's stablecoin report from the president's working group on financial markets. Congressional committees in recent months have also ramped up hearings on cryptocurrency, but the new executive order will coordinate a broader strategy for the nearly $2 trillion crypto market. The Treasury will also work with international partners to promote robust standards and a level playing field. In other market news, calling the sanction another powerful blow to Putin's war machine, President Biden has announced a U.S. ban on Russian oil imports, as well as natural gas and other energy sources. About 8% of American imports of oil and refined products, or about 672,000 barrels a day, came from Russia last year, according to the Energy Information Administration. Crude continues to soar on the news, while the national average for a gallon of gas hit 4.25 per gallon, up from 3.65 just a week ago. Down at the Sarah Week Energy Conference in Houston, Texas, Amos Hochstein, the State Department's advisor for energy security, said claims that White House policies are holding back drilling are nonsense, blaming those on Wall Street who are insisting on dividends and fiscal discipline in the face of a war in Europe. The administration is now telling U.S. shale producers they should do whatever it takes to increase supply as the risk of recession rises amid a surge in inflationary pressures. Added Hochstein, if there is a bottleneck, it is in Wall Street, and that's not a U.S. government problem. They should call their financiers and tell them there's a war going on. The American public is paying the price. On the other side of the discussion, shale executives have pointed to the administration's freeze on leases for drilling on new federal lands, the rejection of Keystone L, and Biden's promise to transition away from the oil industry. Mike Summers, head of the American Petroleum Institute, said, The only thing missing here is that stable regulatory environment, a policy environment that actually encourages American energy leadership rather than discourage it. Investors are also urging operators to pay back capital burned during debt-fueled production sprees in the lead-up to the pandemic oil crash instead of spending the big bucks on new drilling campaigns. Are we looking at a greener future? Some say the recent rush for energy supply supports the push for renewable energy sources over the long term and even underscores the risks of reliance on hydrocarbons. Cheryl Smith, a portfolio manager for the Green Century Balanced Fund, said, I think this is the last gasp 
for fossil fuel production. I don't think consumers have forgotten the last hurricane season. I don't think they've forgotten the last flood season. And I think they kind of see that vulnerability. However, the ability to source key materials used for alternative energy purposes, such as nickel for batteries, have also been on a rip as of late, and it can take years to develop mines or create enough renewable infrastructure. Given rising oil and shipping container rates at record highs, Jay Mintzmeyer, founder of Seeking Alpha Marketplace Value Investors Edge, breaks down shipping stocks into seven different subsectors. Each of these subsectors stands to benefit from different market conditions. He believes the rally in two of these sectors is still in its early stages as a result of a protracted and far-reaching economic fallout from the war in Ukraine. Shipping, energy, and supply stocks are all covered on Value Investors Edge on Seeking Alpha's marketplace. Sign up for your free trial today. In stock news, Netflix's formerly firm stance against allowing ads on its leading streaming service appears to be a little softer today, with Chief Financial Officer Spencer Newman saying, never say never. Asked at a Morgan Stanley conference about Disney's move to develop a cheaper ad-supported version of Disney+, Plus, Newman appeared to walk back some previously stern commentary against ads on Netflix, with rivals including HBO Max, Discovery, Paramount, and NBC Universal supporting an ad tier, Disney's move leaves Netflix as the only major streamer without an ad-supported option. A key question for the company in recent earnings has been whether it can reaccelerate net subscriber addition growth, given some heavy penetration in its mature markets like U.S. and Canada, but more opportunity in global markets in Asia Pacific and Europe, Middle East, and Africa. While growth in recent quarters has generally come overseas, Newman said we had the biggest growth in the U.S.-Canada market in the fourth quarter, about 1.2 million paid net ads, though guidance indicates a slowdown as it goes through U.S. price hikes. Newman said, there's room for better penetration in other markets, but it's still early in the scheme of things. And we are small relative to every kind of metric we look at, whether it's the hundreds of billions of dollars to spend directly on direct-to-consumer entertainment, whether it's the fact that there is over 700 pay TV households around the world, nearly 1 billion broadband houses, excluding China, our share of TV time, we talked about this a lot, we're less than 10% share of TV time in our most penetrated market in the U.S. Looking at the U.S. as a leading indicator, meanwhile, points the way to doubling up its subscriber base in time. Newman indicated, there's probably 1 billion connected TVs around the world. You can see our penetration in the U.S. That, you can kind of do the math. We're roughly 60% penetrated today. So that pretty quickly gets us to business that's over 0.5 billion members. On the factors affecting price increase, such as the one Netflix embarked upon in its home market, factors are generally the same around the world. But, Newman said, at the same time, we don't ignore competition. That would be silly. But at the end of the day, we're pricing for what we believe is the value we provide and the business we're trying to build. McDonald's has become the latest company to temporarily close all locations in Russia. While it will continue to pay its employees in the interim, the firm said it was impossible to predict when stores might reopen. Russian operations only account for 3% of McDonald's operating income, but make up 9% of its annual revenues. It also owns 84% of its restaurants in the country and is the largest taxpayer to Russia in the food industry. Soon after the McDonald's decision, other well-known food companies made similar announcements. Starbucks said it would close all of its locations in Russia. Coca-Cola and Pepsi, which has been there since the 1970s, said it was halting most sales there. Yum! is also suspending operations at 70 company-owned KFCs and all 50 franchise-owned Pizza Huts in Russia, while consumer and food giant Unilever has paused all imports and exports into and out of the country. 
Russia's invasion of Ukraine is threatening to upend three decades of investment in the country as pressure builds on corporations to respond to the conflict. Industries from oil to media have already severed or suspended their Russian operations, and the burden to act is now spreading to the food business. While the decision may be simple, the effects are quite complex, spreading across manufacturing and supply chains, investors and banks, as well as millions of industry workers. Ant Group's initial public offering is said to be delayed indefinitely amid China's crackdown on the tech industry. Bankers who last fall discussed a possible Hong Kong-based IPO of the fintech company in the second half of this year or in early 2023 are now saying an IPO is off the table, according to a report from The Information. The report comes after Ant Group major investor Warburg Pincus last year cut its valuation for the Alibaba fintech unit by 15% to below $200 billion. Reuters reported in October that Ant Group was forming a personal credit scoring JV in an attempt to get its IPO back on track. Late in 2020, Ant was preparing for a record-setting $34.5 billion dual-listed IPO when regulators pulled the offering days before the listing. The company was said to be valued at $315 billion at the time. Beijing was concerned about tech company overreach and the lack of regulation surrounding financial products. Imperial Petroleum assigned an agreement to acquire two MR refined petroleum product tankers. The consideration for acquisition is about $31 million. Delivery on a charter-free basis is expected by the end of May 2022. The company expects to finance the purchase price with cash on hand and new senior secured bank debt. Shares are up 19% pre-market. As of 6.20 a.m. today, European stocks bounced back as the EU said it had enough gas to last through the winter. In the bond market, the yield on 10-year treasuries was up more than two basis points to 1.89%. The ruble will trade, but Russia's stock market is remaining closed today. U.S. futures are up, gold is down, and Bitcoin is up. Look for the Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey coming out at 10 a.m. Eastern and the EIA Petroleum Inventories Report at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, the Cannabis Investing Podcast and Marketplace Roundtable Podcast on those platforms as well. Have a wonderful day.